Welcome to the Thought Leader Podcast. I'm Dr. Kent. I'm Randy Baker, and today we've gone all the way to Cleveland, Ohio, to talk to our guest, Josip Marcus. This was really interesting for me from almost a linguistic perspective. The beginning of the interview, Josip had these the most concise, simple answers, and then towards the end, he had long, flowing answers. So it's just an interesting progression to see how someone of his sort of calm demeanor can give such different, you know, length answers with such calm. I don't know how to describe that in another way. Yeah, and I think it's really interesting because Joseph is a is a modest sort of guy, a humble sort of guy, but he is absolutely certain in his direction but is still exploring how to get there. This is the guy that's been to the top of a mountain, and we'll let you hear about that in the interview. I've been to the top of a mountain, but he's been to the top of a a wicked tall mountain. Yeah. So let's talk mountains and all sorts of fun stuff with Yosha. Hello, Yosef. Very interested to get to chatting with you. This is... Rarely do we sort of, before the interview, get a get a chance to see sort of an intellectual mind at work. But kind of every every statement you've you've given our team and kind of every link is like full of thought. So, where did you learn to think like that? Is that a, something you inherited from your folks? I was born that way. I've always had a very curious mind, and growing up, I didn't have a whole lot to play with, and so my imagination ran free. So what was your first thought that you can remember? The first thoughts I can remember, I remember playing in, in my backyard, a very small yard. I remember seeing flowers, wondering where the flowers came from, wondering just the, the cycles of life, the, the processes around me that I was witnessing. Interesting. So that was right on the tip of your tongue. So that's it's interesting. Do you often think about what your first thought was? I think about my entire life, I reflect on my journey quite often. That's awesome. All right. So your journey started in Croatia. Is that right? My parents are both Croatian immigrants. I was born here and okay. grew up bicultural, bilingual. And here being? Uh, yeah, that's a good question. Here being uh, in a suburb of Cleveland, Ohio. Interesting. So you grew up fully bilingually. At, at home, your parents spoke uh, Serbo-Croatian? Or? I spoke Croatian growing up. So Croatian in the home and in the community and English outside of that. Interesting. And so I said Serbo-Croatian, which probably is a political faux pas. We wouldn't say that any longer. Uh, it's simply Croatian. Uh, the Serbian words are Serbian words. Croatian words are Croatian words. You know, there's some, some overlap. Uh, it's like, it's like the, Hebrew and Arabic. They're very close, but they're a little different. <laughs> since the civil, <laughs> since the civil war and the split of the, you know, and the, you know, the, once Croatia became an independent nation again, we we settled on Croatian. So, your parents are immigrants. Were they refugees? Was it during the time of some challenges? Yes, my father was a political refugee. Uh, he escaped from Yugoslavia into Italy and was in an exile camp, or at least one, perhaps more exile camps for about seven years. 
uh, came over to the States in 67, and then he met my mother on a subsequent trip visiting family. So she was not a refugee. Uh, Interesting. He brought he her imported, over. He imported her in a good way. Uh, that was a terrible thing to say. He went <laughs> he went back to the home country to find a great person and brought her with him. Yeah. That's, that's a, a good way to put it, yes. Interesting. All right. So I, I didn't mean to distract us, but but I think it gives so much context to say, okay, your mind was opened from an early age by being bilingual. So my wife, you know, is a is a linguist, so she's always talking about this. But you you actually had more words than other kids, right? So your your mind was already expanded because you were speaking in two languages. Maybe you weren't quite as good in either language, but you had way more words than all the other kids around you. How did that sort of shape your mind moving forward into your life? I had more words. I had a expanded audio range sounds we have in Croatian that we don't have in English. Two different cultures. So in every in every way, even though I wasn't conscious of it yet, I was already uh, seeing the world through an expanded lens. Different ways to approach a problem. Different ways to see a situation. Different ways to understand society. Love that. So one thing I'm noticing about you, Josip, is I'm always having uh, conversations with CEOs and types, sort of business types, where the, the, the cycle, the curve, the arc of their stories, of their statements is 5, 10, 20 minutes. <laughs> uh, the arc of your responses in a very peaceful way is like 30 seconds or a minute, but they're not sound clips. Um, do you have any thoughts about that? It's very, it's very interesting the way you respond because it, it's you're not being curt, you're not being short, but your responses happen to be very calm and brief, simple. I don't know. There's a simplicity to them. Sure, I believe words matter, and I believe that being intentional with the words we speak matters. I spend most of my life in my head. And then spent the last few years of my life, in the last, say, five years of my life, learning how to get out of my head and how to be intentional with my thoughts. And with the intentionality of my thoughts came intentionality with my words. When I listen to you, Yosef, I'm, I'm feeling a sense that there's a spirituality aspect to how you think and how you live your life. So you've, you've done a lot of traveling, you've summited Kilimanjaro, you've um, gone to the base camp of Everest. You've done some extraordinary things, but I'm still feeling that there was this was part of a spiritual journey. So you've got both a physical journey and a spiritual journey going on. Sure. Am I reading you correctly? Oh, absolutely. I'm a very spiritual person. So how do you connect that spirituality with your business? That's a, that's a very good question. My business and the way that I view my business is simply as an extension of myself. Right? So there's, for me, the, the concept I, I spent most of my years trying to live in was the idea of work-life balance. Right? There was, there was the work life, you know, the corporate world where I spent most of my life, and then there was life outside of work that I got to live when I had time off on my weekends, my evenings, my vacation days. And in creating my business, it was very important to me that I no longer had that separation, that there was no longer a, a, a bifurcation of self in how I lived my life. And so my, my business is 
essentially about helping to guide people back home to themselves. It's about radical authenticity, which means that how I live my life, every moment of my life is, is a daily practice for me. And everything that I learn, all the wisdom that I obtain through my life and all that I do, ultimately is what I then tap into in being of service to other people. I'm glad you mentioned work-life balance because everywhere we look, we have people seeking this magical work-life balance. I happen to believe it doesn't exist. I happen to believe that we only have choice. And so we choose what we want our life to be and what we want it to happen next. When you're working with your clients, where does choice come into that equation? Is it that your clients perhaps don't believe they have choice? Do they not believe that they have choice? Every client is different in terms of where they are on their path when they come to me. Whether they are aware of the degree of choice that they have or not, I don't know. However, very early on, one of the fundamental concepts that I teach people is that each of us is the storyteller and the actor and the observer of the story simultaneously. Right? We create our reality in real time through our thoughts, our words, and our actions. And so, again, the, the idea that there's this concept of work-life balance is, is a story that we've co-created in our society and that we perpetuate in, in various ways. And I teach that there is only life. There's no life and work. There's just life. And how you choose to spend your life, how you choose to live your life, who you choose to be in that life is completely up to you. Quick change of tack. Sure. I also summited Kilimanjaro many, many, many years ago, back in the, uh, must have been around about 1980. And I remember when I, when I got to the top that I stopped and I looked out, the sun was just starting to rise. It was a beautiful morning. There was snow on the ground. It was bitterly cold. And I had a thought on that day. I'm wondering what was your first thought when you, when you stood on top <laughs> of the mountain? Yeah, I, I remember that night fondly. We were, it was the, the summit night. We were meant to sleep during the day and then wake up uh, around 11 o'clock to, to be in the final ascent. I couldn't for the life of me fall asleep all day. Um, so I was completely sleep deprived. It was like pulling an all-nighter, then being asked to, to, uh, to summit a mountain. I remember climbing in the darkness, one foot in, the, in front of the other, just thinking, you know, after my life, this is what, what am I doing to myself? Mm -hmm. <laughs> and about an hour out from summit, I remember looking out and just taking a rest and, and seeing the desert, seeing, beginning to see the curvature of the earth and just, just feeling this immense sense of awe. And I didn't take any Diamox to help with the altitude sickness. And so I really wanted to see how far I could push myself before my body gave out. And, and I was starting to hit that point about a half hour from summit. So I was greatly fatigued. I was getting assistance with walking, stumbling. And I remember the moment I, the moment I summited, I, I just, I just began crying. I was just so overwhelmed with not only relief, but overwhelmed with this sense of just awe of, of this planet of, of being alive and of the camaraderie that, that I was surrounded by that, that assisted me in, in making this journey. I was just overwhelmed with emotion, and I just cried. Yeah, that's a, that's a very common 
reaction. Um, so how has that experience, and I, and I would imagine getting to the base camp of Everest is a similar type of feeling you get there, but how do you use that and channel that into working with your clients? Because I suspect there is a very strong connection. These peak moments in life, whether it is going to Everest Base Camp, summiting Kilimanjaro, you know, I've spent time, you know, deep in the Amazon jungle with indigenous tribes. All of these experiences for me are powerful reminders of of the more this this concept that there's so much more beyond the story that that we find ourselves lost in this this story of you know, go to school, get a good job, save money, retire, and so on. It's such a narrow and frankly somewhat boring story that we live in. And yet there's this magical world that we are surrounded by always and in, in all ways. And so for me, these moments are a reminder of that more. And it's in those moments that I, I so fully come alive and I tap into that energy um, in my clients to remind them that, hey, whatever you think you're stuck in, let's, let's, let's help you find your way out of that because you're in this little bubble and you can't see beyond it right now. And outside of that bubble is, is, is everything. It's infinite. Yosip, uh, it's really moving to hear you talk about travel in that way. And of course, you and Randy have that in common. You've seen a lot of the earth, I think. Um, also, I've never seen the earth from that high up except for an airplane, and that doesn't count. So breathing the air, the rare air up there at the top of Kilimanjaro and up at base camp is special. So I'm, I'm wondering if you could speak about that sort of, that's the all around piece. It's the, the earth that's all around us. But one of the most challenging things that you write about and talk about is, is your dad. And it's a it's a journey inward instead of this outward piece, right? So you could travel all around the world to all these places, which is extraordinarily confusing at times and amazing at times and weird and challenging and where you can't breathe at times, right? Um, same thing when you go in, except a lot more of us kind of share that journey, right? When someone dies, when someone is ill when you're caring for someone else when you're challenged in that way so how how would you compare those two journeys you know both the outward journeys that i've been on uh, and the inward journeys that i've been on they've both been profound they've both been equally expansive and and infinite in their scope in ways that i never imagined so i'll say this you know i spend most of my adult life traveling, exploring, seeking, and in that, you know, part of that was, was me trying to escape my inner world, not wanting to face the things that are on the inside, as I think so many of us do. There's a, a saying that I, I heard recently, something along the lines of, we spend our entire lives seeking and, and pursuing and chasing only to discover at the end of our lives that the very thing we've been seeking has always been inside of us. And that is the great cosmic joke. And so this journey with my father these past few years as his caregiver, returning to my childhood home, it's been a very profound inward journey of, of going to all those places within myself that I've, you know, in the past had the luxury of running from, of escaping, of not having to face. And when I'm here facing you know, being present with my father's mortality as he's slowly dying, you know, from Parkinson's and other health issues, 
revisiting my entire ancestry, if you will, the origin of me. And there, there's obviously so much beauty in that journey. And, and also, this has been the hardest, most painful thing I've ever done in my life, to, to go to these, these parts of myself, often dark parts, parts that I've not wanted to think about face, you know, that I've, you know, we had the luxury of shoving into that proverbial subconscious closet, locking the door and thinking, like, you know, I pray to God it never opens. And, and yet, my path, in, in the same way that I have always been an, an outward adventurer and explorer, on the same way when it comes to my inner world, I, I don't shy away from those places that, that most people want to run from. I, I, I run into them. I'm like, I want to see what more there, there is within myself, which is, you know, so much, again, of, of the spiritual work that I do and, and, and the various modalities that I utilize for expanding my consciousness, for ex exploring my consciousness, for healing myself. Yeah, the two sides of a, of a of the same coin in the sense for me. So yes, we need to. Um, we we like to. We don't need to. We like to keep these interviews really short and punchy. And unfortunately, I would love to talk to you for the next two hours, but we can't do that. I think your willingness to share the deep elements of what you're doing, the spiritual elements of what you're doing, the adventurous elements of what you're doing. You're a more rounded personality than most people we actually talk to. What I'd love for you to do is to share with us who you would love to talk to and how they can connect with you. Who I would love to talk to and, and uh, how they can connect with me, yes. I would love to speak with anyone who feels a strong desire to to remember their, their deepest, most authentic self and to come home to themselves. And they can reach out to me through my website, walkyourpath.earth. There's a contact form on there. And I would happy, be happy to speak with anyone who, who wants to, to know what it is to be fully authentic in this life. I love the idea that it's walkyourpath.earth. But... When the whole, when all of humanity moves to Mars, you're in trouble from a brand new well, perspective. Not all. Dot universe. <laughs> I'm sure dot universe will come to be. <laughs> Thank you so much for talking with us, Yosip. Uh, really moving. Also, the the pacing of the interview was so interesting, and I'm sure it's the same way with conversations with you, where it goes from simplicity to, to diving into the depths. But there's a, a real curve and arc to this, and. I have to tell our listeners um, the the piece in Yosef's face is is a piece of the picture, so you can hear it, but also there's a calm uh, to his work. And so, thank you so much for chatting with us. Thank you both. I appreciate your time. Thanks, Yosef. I think what I'm left with after talking with you for twenty minutes is desire to talk with you for another couple of hours. Your calmness, your serenity, your depth of thought is refreshing in many, many ways. I found myself wanting to know more, to understand more, to be more. So what was really interesting in particular was the calm and simple way that you spoke about business as being an extension of the self. So I, I thought that was just so pleasant and calm and something that I needed when I was first thinking about business and trying to understand everything. 
So we've known that business is an extension of self somewhere deep inside us. We've known that, which is why we created Thought Partner Group and the free assessment at the top there, because it is all connected to self and to where you're going and to how you wish to get there and to how you wish to build your own personal reputations. And speaking of self, uh, selfishly, I'd like to uh, do some more um, marketing of our own brand. So yeah, go to thoughtpartnergroup.com and we're also releasing something pretty cool. It's a, dis a little bit of a disruption of you know the the the, the old educational model where you, you start out and you, you build this this long climb up the mountain and just keep going up the mountain because when you get to the top everything's going to be great and then once you get there you realize maybe it's not so great. So keep your eye out for this crazy thing we're doing. You may see it in just a few short weeks. Have a great day. Don't screw anything up. Bye.